Shorthanded, Smith coming down the middle on the backhand, he shoots, he scores! Listen to the fortress, it's a shorthanded goal for Riley Smith. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Knights get the puck out of the zone, here's Stone, lead Stevenson coming in, down the middle, he gets a backhander off, and it's in! Chandler Stevenson! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. We are into an unprecedented run for Vegas Golden Knights uh, home games, and it could get even better uh, as it rolls along because a six-game homestand has turned into an eight-game homestand due to a couple of postponements uh, for games against Calgary and Edmonton in Canada. And during that gap in the schedule, will the NHL take uh, the games that were put aside right before Christmas and right after home games against Colorado and Los Angeles and put them into the uh, the open spot. So six, eight, do I hear 10? Imagine 10 straight games at home. Uh, my, my chair in the uh, in section 117, uh, will, I mean, will be one of the same. Very, very comfy. And, uh, and Wallace, you'll be able to leave things at the rink. And just pick it up the next day because you'll be there so often. Uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be amazing. So we'll, we'll keep you up to date with whether or not uh, the National Hockey League puts one of those games in. But uh, for right now, as we speak uh, on this, uh, this Monday, uh, it is an eight-game homestand for the Vegas Golden Knights. They've uh, gone through the first couple, and it's a one-on-one split. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman on Fox Sports Las Vegas, the VGK Insider Show. Uh, let's start uh, the ratings game and uh, go back to the Anaheim game on New Year's Eve which I have to admit, that was a, a, a noon start, and we did the, the whole game and the post-game show I did with, with Shane Knighty uh, because of Darren Elliott and, and Gary Lawless protocol. And Elliott uh, texted me and said, uh, good show, and I looked at, at Shane and said, it's a good show, but it's like 3.30. It was one of the weirdest feelings ever walking out of that game. You, one, you're on a on a high because the the Golden Knights performed well. Number two, it's New Year's Eve, and number three, it's three thirty. And I instantly went back to that great quote from William Carlson saying, "The best part about day games is uh, is you have a long time before you have to go to bed, and and nights yeah. usually end up being great night." But uh, that was that was one of the coolest New Year's Eve that uh, that I've been a part of uh, in in my time in, in the National Hockey League. Yeah, for me, it was unsettling because I fully expected it to be dark. Every yes. time I leave T-Mobile Arena, it's dark outside every single time. Sometimes I'll get lucky um, and, and I'll catch a sunset like I did yesterday, but I, I was expecting it to be either a sunset or dark, and it, I was blown away. Like, full sun out, everything bright, ridiculous. Um, and and that's why I like uh, those those noon starts. Uh, outside of the fact that I, I don't you know go to bed at like one o'clock in the morning after getting home from a seven thirty start time in LA. <laughs> uh, so it was a big win against the Anaheim Ducks, a convincing win. I, I don't think Anaheim. That might have been Anaheim's biggest game in five years. When you talk about yeah. a meaningful game, you're you're halfway or. A, 40% through the season, uh, and you're playing uh, the, the favorites to win the conference, and you have a chance to pull ahead of them for first place. And and Anaheim, they stumbled uh, during that, that game. And I don't, maybe it was pressure. Maybe it just wasn't their night. Uh, I don't know what it was. But, uh, but Vegas, uh, I will give them uh, a, 
so much credit because it was arguably the most dominating performance of the season uh, for the Golden Knights. 45 shots, 16 against, uh, locked down, 11 seconds away from the first uh, perfect performance uh, defensively uh, of the season. Uh, there's there's nothing you would not like about that game if you were the, the, the coaches. And I'll start it off. I'm going five out of five. I'm going Grim Reaper, Ghost Pepper, uh, lump them all into a pot and cook them up. Make some stew and cook the dragon. What? Okay. Um, we'll, I went we'll everything. Do you think the they've slayed the dragon and now it's just a matter of uh, of cooking up some, some supper? Exactly what I'm saying. They did that. They cooked the duck and they, they put all the hot peppers on it. Well, I thought they were going to cook the dragon. Now I'm confused. Yeah. Or are they serving the duck supper? I Are they serving the dragon the duck for supper? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's like the, is the dragon getting the duck? Is the duck getting the dragon? Like, what's happening here? The duck, the duck's got cooked. I think, I think you're confused. The duck's got cooked. It it was a great. Like, okay, so it, it was one of those ones that you could just sit back and enjoy, right? You could you could just sit back and, and it, it was it was almost like you're watching your favorite TV show. You kind of know what's going to happen, and you're going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'll go next, and then we'll we'll give Chapman uh, some time to talk himself in or out of whatever <laughs> rating he's going to give. I just to be right uh, about it. It it was a no doubter, like it, like top to bottom, sixty minutes, a one hundred percent no doubter from the Vegas Golden Knights in a game that was billed as a big important one for an Anaheim Ducks team that has stumbled out of this holiday break. They are missing, or they were missing, Trevor Zegras. There's a dynamic ability to make plays that wasn't in the lineup for Anaheim, but no real excuses. The Golden Knights were, were without Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, so it's, you know, it, it is what it is. The, the fact of the matter for me is you look at this game and it checks all the boxes that you want to see from the Golden Knights. Um, great offensive presence, great puck management, great puck support, phenomenal defending and pushback in in terms of physicality Uh, a lot was made of the golden knights this year in how they would deal with uh, situations where teams tried to push them around physically I, i think we saw the answer and it was delivered with one beautiful hip check from braden mcnab with just about a minute and a half left in the game and no backing down whatsoever. For me, that game had everything you wanted to see from the Golden Knights. Carolina Reaper for the win and Carolina Reaper for the hip check from Braden McNabb. Yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Actually, I I really enjoyed the game because I I don't want to say I'm a fan of when teams goon it up because I'm not. But I like the response from from guys like Amadio and and even William Carlson jawing with with Ryan Getzlaff. I mean, Carlson I don't think was gonna would, would drop the gloves, but he certainly wasn't gonna back down from Getzlaff. Uh, McNabb two fights in the game, which I I'd say is probably pretty awesome. Although one of the fights he got jumped by Buddy Robinson, who I'm embarrassed to say is also from New Jersey. You know the Ducks have two guys from New Jersey on their Such team. A good name though, Buddy. Such a great well, name. Well, Buddy he was he was not. The buddy there, he was more like the enemy, but uh, bad, That's bad, too bad. Obvious, Chapman. Okay, well, you know, I, I I like to to be corny once in a while, but yeah, I don't it, mind it. I think you should do it more often. Yeah, it it was a lot of fun. I I enjoy the pushback. I enjoy the physicality. As long as nobody gets gets hurt and nobody's seriously injured, I I like that stuff. And I love the fact that Braden McNabb just basically drew a line in the sand and said. 
I ain't taking any of this crap from you guys. And he went out there. He was like the Terminator in that game. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun game. No doubter. Golden Knights dominant defensively. They scored the three goals early and, and basically put it on cruise control after that. Even when they were cruising, it looked like the Ducks just quit. It's a, it's, it's a Carolina Reaper. Did you, uh, did you guys watch the pregame show yesterday? No. Okay. Uh, the, the reason why I ask oh. is because I did this, uh, this piece uh, yesterday on what happened on uh, the game against the Ducks and the fact that Braden McNabb, it wasn't that he fought twice uh, that grabbed my attention, but why he fought twice and showed uh, spot shattered him after Amadio got, got cross-checked and he was deep in the corner and just made a beeline to defend his teammate as, as fast as you can skate uh, in there to defend his teammate. And then when he made the hip check on Carrick, uh, Alex Petrangelo came around the court side. And if you get a chance to watch it back, there was the low camera angle in the corner, the handheld, mm-hmm. and you see Petrangelo throw his gloves down yes. as hard as you can throw your gloves down. Yeah, well. It was not a glove <laughs> dropping. It was a glove throwing. And it wasn't throwing the gloves up and off and scrapping. It was throwing them right down to the ice. Like they would have popped up and, and went back on his hands. And he was uh, engaged in, in the process. So you've got you've got McNabb sticking up uh, for Amadio and then uh, Petrangelo sticking up for uh, McNabb, who ends up uh, fighting anyway. But I thought I thought that was so cool. All for one, one for all, and two veterans doing their part. And the, what uh, what I'm left with is just this cool moment of Petrangelo, who's not the fighter, uh, but right in there, emphatically throwing those gloves down. Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm still having a difficult time understanding how McNabb got a penalty there. But the other yeah, thing, you talk to Shane Natty about that. You want to get him going? Oh well, yeah, I mean, because I mean, it was it was a clean hit. The other aspect of it is costing the shutout too. Yeah, but if 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 Buddy Robinson. I, I get to throw the Buddy Robinson. Yeah. It, I, I'm assuming if he wasn't a guy who's probably back in the AHL already, he he should face some discipline because McNabb <laughs> was on the ice and his gloves are off and he's throwing punches at McNabb. McNabb hadn't even gotten up. And Buddy, he he, he jumped him. I'm glad Petrangelo was like, no, I ain't I ain't going to tolerate that either because it was a bunch of crap from Buddy. Did I, you I just, just chirp a guy basically backhanded? <laughs> Uh, listen, they, you they, did. You just gave uh, a backhanded chirp to Buddy Robinson. <laughs> well, I mean, if he's not already back at the AHL, he should be facing supplemental discipline. Listen, That's he, what you just said. He, he's on the wrong side of 30 and he's played. He's he's played in less awesome. than his age of NHL games. I'm guessing he's a career minor leaguer at this point. But I, I it, it was kind of dirty from Buddy. You, you, you gotta if you're gonna do it, at least wait for the guy to get up. And it was a clean hit. So why does McNabb have to answer for a clean hit? And if you're gonna do it, at least let the guy get to his feet. If I if I had a boy, you'd name him Buddy. No, Buddy or Pal. Oh God. <laughs> uh, as a as a nickname? No, as no, no. Nickname, Full right? on name. No, 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 no. Hey, no, no, no. Hey, Pal. Okay, so that would be so, so cool. So that's what I call my son, Bud? Buddy. Yeah, Buddy. Yeah, yeah Buddy. But imagine every, if that was your day. actual like, name. I mean, we use it. We use it essentially as his name. It's not his name, and it's like it's at some point in life he's going to look at me and be like, "Don't do that anymore." But imagine, and imagine if, if he's walking around given, and somebody says, "Hey, Bud," no, he'd be like, "That's that's not my name." But if your name was actually Buddy, 
and, yeah. and, and, uh, and Doug McLean. Doug McLean's famous for, for everybody's bud. Hey, bud. Hey, bud. But I'm like, people do have yep. names other than, than Bud. The thing is, and, I, but I if think... But if your nickname was Bud, he'd be going, hey, Doug McClain knows my name. I think he's actually... Well, no, his, his... So Buddy is a nickname. His name is Charles Robinson the third. I didn't know that. Know that. <laughs> and he went to the what? same high school as Johnny Goudreau. I did not know that either. Okay, I, I might have known the Buddy part. What? But uh, but I didn't know he went to high school with Johnny Goudreau. I don't know if they were there together, but yeah, he went to Gloucester Catholic, which I think is the same high school as Johnny Goudreau. Yeah, so oh, hold on, play with Johnny now, Goudreau, and now hold on, hold on. You see what just happened there? He said he went to the same high, he went to high school with Johnny Goudreau, and then he backtracked and said, "I no, don't know no, whether they, they, that, that they, I don't they, know." They, no, they, no, they, let me let me finish. Then he said, <laughs> "I don't know whether they went there at the same time," and then he followed up with, "Yeah." I think he went to the same high school. I think Johnny Gaudreau went there too. No, no, no. So they, they, he, they he did said go something, to the same and then he backtracked they, all the way. They went to the same high school, Gloucester Catholic High School. Uh, hey, buddy, let's move on to the game against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and this this one has intrigue all over the place uh, for ratings. So, uh, Ryan, start us off with how you summarize a two nothing lead turning into a four two yep. deficit. And then forcing overtime in the final seconds before losing on a scorching wrist shot from Kyle Connor. Yeah, so this one's an interesting one for me. The Golden Knights dominated everything in that first period. And against a Winnipeg Jets team that hadn't played in two weeks, you understood that at some point their legs would get under them and they would have a push in the second period. The Golden Knights did not handle that push particularly well. There were defensive mistakes that turned into goals. 20 seconds. You can't allow a team that has the offensive firepower of Winnipeg, and even though it wasn't the Shifleys that, that kind of, or the, the Connors until overtime, that, that really impacted the game in that way, you can't give a team that got so severely outplayed in the first period any hope that they can come back into the game. The Golden Knights, to me, did not handle that momentum shift well enough in the second period, and then they didn't handle it well in the third period either. I give them full marks for coming back and getting that game tied late, but the fact of the matter is if the Golden Knights were were as dialed in as they should have been in the second and third period, that game is a no-doubter in the way that we are talking about the Anaheim Ducks game. So for me, I'm going straight down the middle habanero, I'm I'm not going to go anything above that. I liked how they played for the majority of the game in stretches, but you have a two-goal lead against a team that hasn't played in two weeks. You should be able to do enough good things to keep momentum on your side and not allow them to get back or overtake the game as Winnipeg did. A couple of things uh, in there. They actually outshot Winnipeg 14-11 in the second. I, I had more of an issue with the third period than I did the second, even though Winnipeg came back and tied the game uh, in the second period. Uh, it, there was a goofy 30 seconds there uh, where they scored back-to-back goals. Uh, the third period, it, it struck me as odd that it took Vegas nine minutes to get their first shot uh, in, in the mm-hmm. third period. And uh, you kind of thought there'd be more of a pushback uh, from Vegas. Uh, but you're, you're right, uh, Winnipeg, uh, was off. They were going to be sluggish. Uh, I, I was really impressed with how dialed in uh, Connor Hellebuck uh, was uh, during during that first period, or else it's lights out 
let's go home. Uh, we're only playing the second and third because the NHL rules require us to, uh, and 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 have a party. But the uh, the third period uh, that that would be more uh, uh, alarming, uh, not alarming, but uh, but uh, grabbing my my focus uh, than than the second period. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. I I still feel like it took the Golden Knights a little bit too long to kind of switch into that mode that they needed. Like you you look at the ability to to outshoot them, sure, great in the second period, but there were a number of plays in that second period where the Golden Knights uh, just could not make a play to get momentum back into their favor. And and I feel like going into the third period tied with Winnipeg after how well they played in the first felt uh, felt a little bit deflating. So, you know, you're right. The 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 start of the third period, the inability to to kind of put uh, put the pedal to the metal yeah. in a game in which you're tied, you, that next goal you kind of can can really take a handle of the game. Um, that that to me is is really frustrating as a fan in that game because again too much good stuff in that first period to to have to claw your way to an extra point in that game it's just it's a missed opportunity for me chapman in a second uh, i'll get get to your rating but i just want to acknowledge like winnipeg's best players yesterday were great uh, in in that second and third period, Kyle Connor, Nick Ehlers, yeah. uh, Paul Stastny, uh, uh, Nate Schmidt uh, had had some, some moments. Uh, I, I loved what Pierre Luc Dubois played, uh, how he played yesterday. Mark Scheifele was, was around good. the puck uh, all night. That their top forwards, in particular, were fantastic yesterday in the second and third period. And uh, Nikolai Ehlers should have should have had four goals. Never mind yes. uh, just being denied uh, on that great glove save uh, in, in, in the late going by, by uh, Laurent Brassois. So uh, there, there should be a lot of credit going towards uh, Winnipeg finding its legs and their, their star players uh, being great. So uh, saying all that, uh, Chapman, where are you rating this one? Yeah, I'll go right in the middle as well. Look, you, you're up to nothing against a team that you're better than. You probably should close, close the door and, and, and win this one. But uh, that didn't happen. But I don't think it's all doom and gloom. You scored four four goals against maybe the best goalie in the NHL, certainly the best American goalie in the NHL. So nothing to hang your head in shame about with that one. But I would have liked to have seen two points in a game, but they were up to nothing. They had a nice little run against American goaltenders. Chase Jonathan Quick, uh, outdueled John Gibson, and yeah. then went against Connor Hellebuck. And they get five of six points against three guys who – Either have been on Olympic teams or are about to be. Uh, we're going to be on, on Olympic teams. Uh, you guys are. You guys are just stingy. I don't understand the stinginess. They get. They get a point. They score four goals. It's a wildly entertaining hockey game. They dominate the other team uh, for for two periods on the shot clock and and overall uh, at, at the uh, the final totals uh, when it comes to scoring chances. And you guys are right in the middle. You guys are spoiled, bratty. No, no, yeah. I don't think it's that. Yeah, no, no, I, yeah. no, no, no I think there's some yep. spoiled uh, brattiness in there. <laughs> yep, yep. Some just sure. uh, you expect things to come your way. There's some. Um, uh, how would you? How would yeah, you term I mean, it? Some enti- you have a team. You guys you have, are entitled. You have a team that's up. Yeah, I mean, when you have a team that's up to nothing and severely, severely outplays the opposition in the first period. Yeah, I, I think that you have a tendency of believing or hoping that. 
uh, the defense will hold up. You, you won't miss assignments in your own zone. You won't cough the puck up, mm-hmm. and you'll be able to cruise to a, a two-point effort. Yeah, and, I think and that, that's like Pittsburgh scored six yesterday against San Jose, and that turned into a hockey game. Uh, which was okay, but bizarre. That that has zero bearing on the Golden Knights being up two nothing on a team that they're better than and not. I hate it when you make I, valid I get, points. I, Can you stop making valid that, points? <laughs> My I New get Year's that resolution, there are two Darren. teams. I get that there are two teams, and I get that the Winnipeg Jets had a pushback, but the Golden Knights should have had a better response to it and should not have let that goal, that game get away. And if you score four on Connor Hellebuck, if you don't get two points. It is leaving something on the table. I'm even, here for that. Even though you have like 45 shots, if you score four goals on Connor Hellebuck yeah. and you dominate the shot clock the way the Golden Knights did, okay. if you get anything less than two points, you're leaving something on the table. That's the other thing. They tied the game late and forced overtime. It doesn't matter. There's they no, didn't win the game. Do you guys put any emphasis on ent- entertainment? Or is it just all X's and O's? Listen, when you guys they, are like math teachers. When, when, when they win, we we could we could take entertainment value. Look, if, if they if that's a back and forth game where where they score a goal and Winnipeg scores a goal and they go up two goals and Winnipeg ties it up and then they go up again and Winnipeg. If it's that type of back and forth game, yeah, may, maybe a little bit, but they, they have to win. But they have to win. Okay, uh, well, I went I went four to five. Okay, I just want to get my my rating uh, of out there. You did. Uh, I, w- I went four out of five, and uh, I was a lot closer to a five than I was a three. Not not all of us could be so oh, charitable. Come on, I, why why then why did you do- why did you drop it down? Yeah, come on. Why didn't you go for five? Uh, because you didn't you didn't actually win the game. That's all. Didn't oh, actually, and yeah, they were outshot four to one in overtime. There's that simple fact. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were they were outshot. Uh, uh, so that uh, that part of it is and the, uh, and the is fact that there. the guys who scored for Winnipeg were were players that were basically created by the the Xbox user before the game started. Jansen Harkins. Jansen Harkins is a good player. Who? He's NHL... he is a good player. He was great yesterday. <laughs> his dad yeah, his dad's a former yesterday. his dad's a former NHL. They they got back-to-back goals from by, create a player. By no, by second generation players. <laughs> yeah. But they're creative well, players. I, I thought, no, they're I not. thought Harkins <laughs> I thought Harkins was fantastic yesterday. I know Jansen's like, dad. I, 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 I'm offended by that. <laughs> Just don't tell um, him where to find me then. <laughs> well, well, Chapman's Chapman's jumping on something that I used to say about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh my gosh! They, yeah. they would just kind of pull Teddy, players Teddy out Bluger. of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, Teddy Bluger, create a player. Um, like, listen, Evan Rodriguez. For, yeah. for, that guy's for, on fire. Oh, he's players, good. <laughs> for for the players that were scoring the goals for Winnipeg, um, I, I agree with your assessment, Darren. Like Pierre Luc Dubois, phenomenal game. Really, really good in the second and third period. Nick Ehlers, as as you mentioned, probably should have had four goals. I didn't even mention he Andrew Cop. Well, I, that's my my biggest issue um, in the game is on the penalty kill. Andrew Cop, not one, not two, three opportunities unchecked in front of the net to score the fourth goal of the game for the Winnipeg Jets. Like, that's just not good enough defensively. It's just not good enough in that hard area where you have to make sure that teams don't beat you. And and for me, like, if you want to know why you're from a, a four to a three or even a three to a two, which is something that I was thinking don't about. Oh, the, you, oh, I'm glad that yeah, you yeah. didn't do that. I, I yeah. wish you would have. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the pushback Ooh, from Darren would have been epic. Oh, no. 
don't don't taunt Darren with that, facts about that a, a would, game that got away from the Golden Knights. He, he would the have slayed the, the dragon Darren, on this if show they, yeah. if they would have if they would have defended Darren like it, for 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 the second for the third for for the final thirty minutes of the game if they would have just defended they would have won just just simple as that Winnipeg was fresh they didn't though. defend well. Right? Like for for a team like but like my point is for a team that is has been harping on the last couple of weeks it's it's in how we defend it's in how we turn defense into offense if we're playing structured and we are defending well yeah. and we're not making mistakes we're going to close games out well, well you, the Golden you, Knights you, need to start closing games out you're not a golfer but it's really hard to follow up uh, a, a 61 the, with an under par round and they were they were a 61 against the the Anaheim Ducks with as clean as as that game was uh, just one final note on the game against the Winnipeg Jets okay Nolan Patrick's back for a couple of games now and so yeah. we haven't had a chance to really digest that but it was Nolan Patrick uh who on the tying goal in the waning seconds who doesn't get a point on it, but provided some serious traffic in front of the net, and I think that's uh, that, that's a that's a great sign too. Uh, the, every, everything went into uh, the the double deflection and and uh, and Janmark uh, being able to score it. But Patrick, I, I think, had a had a real impact in getting that single point. I I think Nolan Patrick was better yesterday than he was against the Anaheim Ducks. A little bit more engaged, a little bit more noticeable win. Flipped around the lineup uh, yesterday. had the puck. Yeah, yeah. A little bit more noticeable, kind of just, you know, with the puck, without the puck, looking to make more plays. Um, you know, like, I'm, I'm going to reserve any type of judgment on, on his game or, or what I'm expecting out of him uh, until he's back for, for a couple. Like, we've seen, you know, Mark Stone return to the lineup and, and need three or four games before he was really hitting his stride the way that Mark Stone can. Um, Nolan Patrick, who's, who's only played six games for the Golden Knights this year, is going to need a little bit more time before you really die, dive deep. But the fact that he was looking to make plays, I think, is encouraging. He actually had more of an impact, I felt, lower in the lineup than he did up in the lineup. I I, I agree with you 100%. With Howden and Amadio, yeah. he was much better than when he was up with Dodonov and Stevenson. And how about Brooks? Our buddy Brooksy uh, scores a goal the other night, and then uh, that's 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 when you know when you've got a competitive lineup. Yeah, of course. Uh, fun times. We're going to take a break. When we continue, summer hockey, Olympic hockey at the Olympic Games in the summer. Is it realistic, or is it just something that the commissioner says to make it sound all warm and fuzzy? Uh, I'll explain it to you. It's one-timers coming up next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. It's the most listened to segment on the VGK Insider Show. It's uh, one-timers uh, every day in hour number two, about halfway through uh, that second hour. Alexander Ovechkin leading all players entering the final week of NHL All-Star fan vote. You've got McDavid, you've got Matthews, you've got McKinnon and Ovechkin. Do you have an issue with any of those the guys leading their respective divisions? No. No. I do. 
thought uh, okay. I thought we'd have a VGK. I, th- I just thought we'd have we'd be able to stuff those ballots. We still got, still okay, got so some who, time. Who, I've been voting it ten times a day. Who are you putting in there? Uh, I'm putting in Mark Stone. That's who I've been voting for. There's well, okay, but I think most fans that are going to be voting on the All Star Game are a little concerned that maybe Mark Stone wouldn't be healthy or ready to play in the All Star Game, so it almost would feel like a like a wasted vote. Hmm. I didn't. I didn't look at that way. I'm just stuffing the ballot. Uh, did you guys oh. watch the Winter Classic? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, okay. So the game was awesome. Uh, it looked real cold, uh, certainly. But for me, the, the the St. Louis Blues didn't win that game on the ice. They didn't win that game because they were better than the Minnesota Wild in every facet of the game. They didn't win that game because they were the better hockey team. They won that game because they absolutely owned in how they arrived at the rink. They were phenomenal. So good. Dressing like they were going to a beach party in flip-flops and shorts and flowy uh, button-down shirts. That was so so awesome. Here, Panger said the coaches didn't know what was going on. The coaches didn't know they were doing that. I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's fan- it's fantastic. And they won that game when they stepped on the bus the way that they did. Hey, 100%. Do you, do you think that's one of those ones where you um, you don't ask for permission, you beg for forgiveness that so the coaches is mad if it doesn't go over quite as well? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, But but again, like you you step out looking like Jordan Bennington, you better win the game. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Binner was, uh, was badass in that game. Uh, I, oh, I enjoyed it. He was it. a mood, man. Cam Talbot. Did not finish that game. Cam Talbot is now out indefinitely because of a lower body injury. You know who's going to replace him on the roster? Hamburglar! Okay. The Hamburglar's back. Do you guys remember his run in in Ottawa? Andrew Hammond? And they were they were throwing cheeseburgers on the ice. He got like one of those magic uh, cards at from McDonald's uh, where he could go and you get whatever he wants any day, uh, like the eat for free for life cards. Yeah, that sounds yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Oh, so good fries. Not uh, not as a pro athlete. Burn enough calories, Chapman. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, the Minnesota Wild are saying uh, they don't know a timetable. Uh, other than he won't be practicing tomorrow, that's for sure, says Dean Evison, mm-hmm. and he's not going to play in Boston. But concerning uh, moments uh, for uh, the Minnesota Wild, I, I doubt it had anything to do with the cold, but I certainly uh, hope it didn't have anything to do with uh, with the cold, with uh, with Cam Talbot being hurt in that game. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's certainly going to be the, the main hope, right, is that it, it wasn't uh, a conditions type of situation that led to the injury. But, you know, the only thing that you can hope for now if you're the Minnesota Wild is that it's quick and he's back in the lineup soon. Quote of the game was from Marcus Foligno saying he was uh, kept looking over his shoulder expecting to see a polar bear. It was so cold. But that was uh, that was a pretty yeah, good line. I like it. And it was the coldest game ever. Uh, in modern NHL history, I don't know about the 1920s, uh, but uh, but in, in modern NHL history, that was the coldest uh, outdoor game. We have uh, some news coming out of that game, and it was uh, Gary Bettman who joined the crew on TNT uh, on the broadcast before the crew on TNT went back to their hotel bar and hung out with Brock Lesnar uh, after yeah, he won the, the WWE uh, Heavyweight so Championship good. belt. 
Uh, that was pretty good. So like good. Rick Tockett, uh, going back yeah. and forth. Like he was, they legitimately excited. Gretz looked like he he just met his hero. That was pretty good. Uh, posing for that for yeah. that picture, uh, but uh, but when it comes to the interview with Gary Bettman, he was asked about the the Olympic Games and making the decision not to go to Beijing because they had to make up uh, so many games, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's Ansa Carter brought up the the Summer Olympics, and Gary said, "Yeah, they've they've actually talked about it for a long time. The NHL moving hockey." Uh, convincing the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, to stage the hockey tournament at the Summer Olympics to avoid uh, conflicting with their schedule. So basketball is at the Summer Olympics, uh, but uh, as the season happens over the winter. and But to me, basketball is a summer sport. Gary Lowell sure. disagrees with me on that. Uh, but I, I don't think... I, I don't think the game's... Hockey doesn't happen at the Olympic Games with the NHL participation in the Summer Olympics because it's a more of an intrusion uh, uh, on the on the athletes because yeah. the, the the games even though they're four years apart sometimes they're in late June sometimes they're in July like it's it, it gets to be a uh, all over the place when do the players train etc uh, I think the players like it right where it is uh, the owners. As we all know, don't like where it is, and the owners the product, so it'll stay in the in the. Uh, uh, they would like it to move uh, to the summer, but uh, the IOC owns the product. Yeah, so a couple things. Um, it, it's certainly more disruptive to the players. Like I don't think there's any arguing there. Like you're you're talking about guys that are going to be in the middle of their off season prep for the upcoming season and, and wakeboarding. There's, there's sure that too. Um, I don't know how that would play in the Summer Olympics to have ice. Like, I know it's happened in the past. Like, I get all that. But I just I'm not sure if you're going to get the the eyeballs that you ordinarily would on a hockey tournament um, like you would if it's in the, the winter games. Like, let's be honest, the winter games, when you have best on best competition, you build around the ice hockey competition. You just do. It's a it's a big, big draw. So from a disruption to the player standpoint, their routine, what they have to do in the offseason to get ready for the next season, I just don't think a June or July tournament makes any sense. If there was ever a way to have the, the Olympic hockey tournament happen in, I don't know, late August or early September to lead in naturally to the regular season, that would be the ideal time frame to do something like this. And if you can't get the Olympics, well, eh, why not do a best-on-best best World Cup of hockey every four years to kind of give you the best of both worlds? That should be the resolution between the Players Association and the it, NHL is it, it to, commit so to, a, to commit to a best-on-best best next year, so 2023. Yeah. Do, it, do it in 2023. That would be uh, – because we – 2016 was the the last time we had it uh, a best on best I believe if memory serves correctly yeah it's it's uh, it's, it's, a... it's it's ridiculous the Summer Olympics were held hockey was held at the Summer Olympics in 1920 in, in Antwerp Paris. Antwerp was it in, was it in Antwerp yeah 1920 was in Antwerp they played the games at the Ice Palace of Antwerp oh. which was a very small rink because it was 184 by 59 feet. And the teams at the time played with a rover. I don't even know what that is. 
That's a rover. It, uh, it goes anywhere. So 184 feet by 59? Yes. So it was a very narrow rink. Yeah, not a big one. Yeah. 85 uh, uh, wide down. So First that's... winter hockey was in Chaminade, France in 1924. Hmm. And uh, I won't, just because I know you'll be happy, I won't tell you who uh, who won the gold in that one and what their, uh, their goal tally was compared to their opponents. I have no idea what you're talking about. So... Canada won the gold. Okay. And they outscored their opponents 110 to 3. Oh, not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty good. That's uh that sounds like it could have gone either way. Yeah. Wow. Uh So Gary's talked about this before. I've talked to Gary about this before. Uh about the the hockey being at the Olympics. They're just it's it sounds good in theory. It's just the IOC's never going to take hockey away from the Winter Olympics. You can't take uh, your your major sport, your marquee sport, and move it. Like moving the hundred, uh, the sprinting in in the Summer Olympics, and moving it to winter. Like what we all we all gather the the, the three Saturdays at the Olympic Games and 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 watch the the sprinting. So uh, that to me is is the one that. Uh, the first reason why, and the IOC controls the uh, the, the hockey. The other part is, uh, as far as not wanting to like the ratings and stuff like that. I think I think people will still watch hockey if it's best on best, no matter when it's held. We're so starved for it right now. Uh, isn't that, that isn't that a bit disappointing though? Because in every single sport outside of hockey, we get best on best in the Olympics. I, 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 and I guess I'll throw soccer in there as well because they have like an under twenty three. Nah, soccer's but, not soccer at the Olympics is uh, it, it's lame. But yeah. but like hey, no, no no sorry men's soccer at the Olympics yes is yeah, lame good, good point women's yeah. soccer it's is fantastic yeah. but like in, in in tennis we get we get the pros mm-hmm. in basketball we get the pros skateboarding we get the pros yeah. hockey we we well Russia sends their pros because well. It's Russia, and, and winning is very, very important. But to not them, their but best pros. No, because their best pros are over here. Mm-hmm. You guys surprised at all that uh, that we haven't heard from any uh, players uh, saying that they still want to go to Beijing? Because I am. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I mean i i get the I get the sense that we just aren't hearing about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm I'm sure there's there's a couple of players at some point here that might might open our eyes a little bit but you know i i just i just don't think we're hearing about it uh the edmonton oilers are losing again today there's oh. growing speculation that there may be a coaching change in the works okay i like dave Tippett a lot so i i i think he's a great coach i sort of grind this one out but if they do make a coaching change talked to a couple of people who said uh, they apparently those in the organization like what Glenn Gullitson did. He's an Oilers assistant coach right now. Uh, he ran the team when Tip had uh, was in COVID protocol. And they, they liked a couple of things that he did there. If you were making a change, do you think the Oilers stick with it? Or do they look outside to maybe a higher profile coach that's won a Stanley Cup? that has a relationship with oh, one uh, general manager, Kenny Holland, in Detroit, like Mike Babcock? Um, I mean, it really depends on whether or not they're going to get a goalie or not, Darren. 
because I, I, I hear you, but like I, I don't think what's happening here is, is goaltending. Um, there's pretty clear indicators that this is not a complete team. Goaltending is, 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 needs to be better, and depth needs to be addressed. Until you do those two haven't things, they addressed you're, you're the simply... Depth? No, they haven't, because they're still getting absolutely destroyed when Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl aren't on the ice. I don't mind their depth. I think they're they're pretty good compared to other years. Hmm. I'm surprised <laughs> me to hear you com say that. Com who plays with Connor McDavid? Well, everybody. Because if because if it's still Zach Cassian, you're not deep enough. No, like you're not you're not you're not you're, you're right. not going to win hockey games if Zach Cassian is the best, literally the best option to play with. Connor well, Puljujarvi's played up there. Uh, Hyman's played up there. Drysidle's played a lot of games uh, up there. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying about Cassian. Now, Dave Semenko uh, scored a bunch with with Wayne Gretzky. You talk about all of Wayne Gretzky's famous line mates. Yari yeah. Curry and Dave Semenko come to mind. So the big, big bruising players or, or tough guys have played. Pat Maroon rode shotgun with, with Corey Perry and uh, Ryan Getzlaff for, for a couple of years and really proved himself to be able to play with, uh, uh, with, with good players. And look what he's done. But I understand what you're. I mean, I, I'm trying to spin it the other way. But uh, would if you do make a change, do you, do you think they should go directly to the big name? I, I, I mean, I don't necessarily feel like they they should. Like if if they saw something that that, yeah, you know, in in the in the couple of games from within that look to be promising then then i would go that direction and i would address the the roster like you know mcdavid sure dry address the roster uh, other than gotta, maybe grabbing a goalie yeah, then then do that you, and they may you, have to because mike smith is, came back and now he's hurt again well that don't be mean don't be mean i don't saying is it should have been done at some point don't. like Stuart skinner being Stuart mean. skinner darren yeah has played 10 games and has the best save percentage of the three goaltenders. Mike, Sip, Mike Smith is, un, uh, is sub 900. Miko Koskinen is just a hair at 902. And yeah. both guys are over three goals against. Like, Stuart sorry, Skinner's... it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying it, it with Stuart Skinner. I... Good story. Not the answer. I... No, no, no. But but my, my point is you're – you're not going to get anything more out of this roster until you get goaltending and you get guys that can help score. Oh, we've Besides got tickets to give away. David and Dreisaitl. I know. We, we could spend three hours on this. Uh, we've got uh, tickets I, to give away. We almost spent a first hour on, on Logan Thompson, uh, Laurent Brassois, Robin Leonard. Uh, 702-876-1340. If uh, you would like an opportunity to go to Thursday night's game between the Vegas Golden Knights and the New York Rangers, be Caller number 27 in uh, honor of Dave Semenko. Caller number 27, 702-876-1340. Catching up with Chapman's next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Okay. Oh, Christopher. Yeah, well, today is January the 3rd, and it's also the 25th anniversary of... Strip Hotel Casino Property, New York, New York, opening up January 3rd, 1997. The New York, New York opened up. And 
Everyone knows the Statue of Liberty and Empire State Building, but I bet not everyone knows all the buildings that are actually labeled. I thought some of them were just there for, for appearance, but they're all actually real buildings, including Lever House, 55 Water Street, which is actually pretty close to where my father used to work when he worked on Wall Street, Liberty Plaza, the New Yorker Hotel, Seagram Building, Chrysler Building, CBS Building, obviously the Brooklyn Bridge, Grand Central Terminal, Ellis Island, Statue of Liberty, and the New York Public Library. So happy 25th anniversary to the New York, New York Hotel and Casino. And I was unaware that all of the buildings are actually real buildings in New York City. I think they'd try and slide one in there that's just it's fake. fake. They should. They should have. <laughs> you. That might be your best catching up with Chapman ever. Tomorrow's uh, is going to be better. <laughs> We've got a game day tomorrow, Nashville. Uh, thanks for today.